Welcome to Wide Open Day. I'm Heather Kelly, and this is a podcast where I get to speak with interesting people about what it means to them to make the most of their day and how they do it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Wide Open Day. I am thrilled to have my wonderful friend, Yuta Brendemul, with us here today. Yuta is a film curator, a writer, a translator, editor. She is the cultural programmer at the Goethe Institute in Toronto. She's also a director and programmer of the European Union Film Festival here in Toronto. And she's involved in many other projects and organizations, as well as having a family at home. Welcome, Yuta. Hello, Heather. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk to you about my day, your day, our days, right now. Thank you for being here. I'm thrilled to talk with you. So what does it mean to you to make the most of your day right now? Well, most for me is not a quantifier, but a qualifier. And I say that while notoriously running on high octane, as you know me well, you can uh, attest to that. And and I think of myself as a getting things doneer, but that superlative most always makes me think of German design legend Dieter Rams, who famously said and very successfully uh, lives by the adage, less but better. And I admire how he embodies sort of a relaxed, whimsical kind of driven. And he is, he's very driven. So we're not talking about low output here when, when he says less but better. We're talking focus. And I'm still striving to marry or balance these elements less better in my own approaches. So maximizing 24 hours in that sense for me means a few things. And if one thing happens, that's a good day. If more than one happens, that's a great day. And if all of them happen, that that's being on top of the world. So that could be that I've heard or found or learned something new, something exciting, thought-provoking, challenging, inspiring. I just had a fresh experience, new input, I was on a film festival jury just as we were going into the COVID times. And there was a documentary that really pushed all my buttons and rubbed my belief system the wrong way. (laughs) And that was invigorating. I really wanted to discuss that on the jury. And I actually was still in the process. I hope we will actually award that documentary. You'll find out later this year. Or it could be for me an element in the day where I latch on to a plan for the future something to research, to ponder, to maybe put aside and then realize at some later point. Knowing myself, I I instinctively want to do everything right now in that one day, but I consciously think long-term and pace myself. And I've learned over the years to give things room to develop. As an example, I just took me nearly 10 years to go from a conversation I had with the head of the Stasi the East German Secret Police Archives, to handing in a creative research project to that Stasi archive in Berlin that delves into my family history. And we'll still see in the future what comes out of that over the next few years. Amazing. Yeah, that that is an exciting project that, you know, I can't completely steer, but that I will be able to shape. And then making... The most also means that I have created something that day. A few lines of text, a photo I will keep around or that brings me or someone else joy. 
perhaps just one note triggered by a random shuffle song or an iPhoto memory pop-up. Those seem to happen these days. I don't mean particularly artsy expressions here, by the way. You know, I, I think there's a distinction between what I work with professionally as a curator in terms of artistic creation and what I tinker with at home. And I simply mean being creative as activating the imagination, applying original ideas or just plain making. For me, in terms of activating that imagination, I'm a big believer in whatever science the universe is sending, or these days it's probably computer algorithms that are sometimes eerily spot on. You know, there's some sort of subconscious messenger service you just have to answer. I guess people call that inspiration, wherever that comes from for each one of us. Well, and finally, making the most does mean I connect with my family and friends and they're dispersed all across the globe. So it has to be in some small but meaningful way. Like I try to just send a WhatsApp in the moment when I think, oh, remember when we were running across that field in the rain? You know, or I sit down to shoddily build a Lego car with my daughter, although I'm really itching to clear that inbox. And then I need to sleep. I love sleep. I need sleep. Sleep is underrated. We might not be on the same page here, Heather, but... (laughs) No, I totally agree with you. Especially now where it's so important for both headspace and immune function and and daily function. So, yeah, yeah, even more focus on sleep now than, than there normally would be. Right, exactly. It's the opposite of wasted time, although I have to say... I've learned to understand that wasting time is okay too, like there shouldn't be a stigma or guilt attached to it, as long as you decide to do it and really then enjoy it. And then there's still some sort of construction sites in everybody's life. For me, I wish my days had more of a deeper mindfulness practice, although I try to weave it into everyday actions, but then, you know, fall off the wagon under stress. I used to do something called uh, Mixum, and that's a Buddhism-inspired practice of contemplative photography that I want to get back to. I would also love more time in nature and to read and write and ideally all of these things together. And I, I fully realize it's my own project, not fault the project, for not prioritizing these magical ways to spend my time. You know, nobody but me is keeping me from it, really. I love the idea of less but better, and thinking to the future. And there's so many things that you're just describing that you want to do. So how do you do it? Mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of the word structure. It always sounds like something externally imposed or chore, and I don't want more of either in my life. But of course, you know, we all... Uh, know what we mean when we say that and I believe we all need some sort of structure certainly as soon as you have a child you realize that for myself I think of it more like rhythm or flow and although I'm not a real life surfer far from it in my mind I always have this image of me surfing in Hawaii my dreamscape so you know sort of anticipating the waves giving myself over to that what's happening there, that water, staying on top of things, occasionally falling off, but getting right back on that surfboard and and enjoying it. So I'm big on what I like to call routine plus. Routine has gotten a bad rap, I think wrongly so. It can be very creativity driving. For me, it's a framework 
you don't need to spend energy on reinventing every day while that's the all important plus part remaining open and making room for chance and surprise and change and fun I always have to remind myself of the, the latter part, I have to say. That's also, by the way, why I love the title of your blog so much, Wide Open Day. It's perfect. It's inviting. It's exciting. It shows opportunity and agency. And that's very much how I try to approach my own structure. In terms of particular techniques, you need to know where the reset button is for whatever your that, that system is. If you feel things are going off, and they inevitably do, you know, right now from frantic homeschooling, the tech glitches across 10 devices and three people's moods oscillating between, you know, complete freedom and complete panic, stop, drop everything, have a dance party. That Zoom really at the end doesn't matter. <laughs> and that blog post might not be your best, but... Either post it, or if it's seriously embarrassing and we've all produced that as well, then then scrap it and don't post. But step outside, recharge, reconnect, regroup, restart. It's really just for me, it's the re. Um, now And now is actually the time to do that because we're all trying things out, you know, and taking on new challenges. And we're learning together. Like, I mean, months ago, I didn't even know what Zoom was. Uh, now we're inviting people to all these group chats, learning new sign language. In a way, it's a bit of a safer space right now in that sense. So that, that's one plus. We have chalk walls and chalk everywhere in my house. We put up two questions that everybody in the house can put up ideas. And it's a two-prong approach to this current situation. The first question is, what are you going to do? What do you want to do the second that this is over? You know, whenever this time frame of physical distancing is gone. So that's what am I missing? What do I value? What do I want to get back to? But then the other question is, what have we learned? What do we want to keep? What are we enjoying right now? For example, going for long walks together or being a bit more conscious about what time frame we're in any given part of the day because you have to structure yourself a bit more in terms of homeschooling and home office. So we need to literally say, okay, mom and dad have to, now it's really work time, even if we're sitting here in our kitchen or our living room, but it's work time and for you it's school time. And then the other times of the day are perhaps family time or also personal time for all three of us. So everybody shuts whatever door (laughs) to whatever room they can get into. Right, so that two-prong approach, we're trying to balance. Like, what are you really missing? What do you want to get back to? So there's a few caveats. There's little asterisks with fine print that is not consumerist, that is not buying something, that is not going to the mall, but it's an activity, something that you want to do. And it could be anything. You could say, oh, I just want to party or not or dance or swim or whatever. And the other part is that what are we valuing right now? What are we learning? What can we take into the next step of this phase. Nothing will ever go back to what it was. I think that much is clear. But we also know how after crises, things do normalize to a certain degree, and you do start to forget. But we're also learning certain things right now that we want to keep. So that's our work in progress, and I'll report back when we have results. (laughs) It's such a Fantastic idea. I really love that. I'm so going to borrow that. I'm also big on 
ritual, and that's slightly different from the, the previous things I've mentioned. From the way I make stuffed off coffee in the morning to marking special events, down to, I don't know, eating seasonally and locally, for example, that's a ritual for me. And in this current crisis we're in, that appears so overwhelming to pretty much all of us, like economically, emotionally, physically, mentally, socially. That really, that ritual nature of a day, a week, a month has proven a lifeline for me and my family to have some sort of value system that is like a North Star, you know, that helps you see the light. So before that question of structure really is the question of motivation and of impetus of your why, you know. I had a boss once who ran an arts festival I was programming for in Toronto, and she came from a very entrepreneurial as well as a big family background. And I'm just saying that because I really think that impacted the way she showed up. She would always say with this amazing astonishment if people were not present or or underperforming, "But, but don't they go to bed at night asking themselves, what did I have to show for myself today? And that has really stuck with me to look at life as being responsible for your day and honoring that the day you were given, you know, for yourself and others who depend on you or interact with you. Yeah, and then you do know that I am a big planner and yeah. strategist, born and bred. We're just uh, saying I always have a plan A and B and C and D, and I've inherited that from my mother. List making is a running gag in our family. <laughs> There's sticky notes and chalk walls everywhere. But putting things on lists and making them happen are, of course, two different pairs of shoes. And you also need to make sure you're the boss of the lists, not the other way around. Yeah, I like to use a carrot and stick approach with myself to get things done, doing one not so pleasant task and then rewarding myself with a small action. Like right now, I'm rewarding myself with checking Doug Copeland's Instagram account, uh, where he is reinventing basically what he did with defining Gen X, but with a 2020 version of slogans like, the doingness of nothing, or your blog is futile, (laughs) which I love love so much since I run a blog, you know. So Copeland clearly lives inside my head and, and just puts things into words before they can come out of my mouth. It's it's a nice reality and an EO check and also just a good self-ironic uh, laugh too. So, yeah. I love so, that so, idea of getting something done that you know you want to get done and rewarding yourself with another task. Yeah. And, it I have dogs and it works for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah. you gotta, again, you gotta control it. And of course, you know, you don't, you don't make it food or anything. You, you make it something small, quick and, and joyful and then it invigorates you and, and on you go. So it's that balance I find between what you have in yourself and what comes out of yourself. But of course, you know, we're all dependent on input and that is so difficult right now to to balance and negotiate, of course, because we are somewhat cut off from life as we know it, at least, and how we normally interact. But one external thing I've learned to, well, accept more, embrace, and then harness is praise. 
I think a lot of people probably are not coy when they say they have trouble with that. <laughs> it's just their culture. But that can be such a big part of a good day. Like your day being good doesn't depend on being praised or not. But if you can harness it, then it can be really, really great. Especially now. Yeah. As we were just going into sort of, you know, the home office and the fact that my workplace is shut down, of course, and also the, the arts events that I present and organize, um, I got this beautiful email from an Oscar-winning director I've never met who just wrote a few weeks ago about a review I'd written on that film blog that I mentioned. And he just thought that review of his film was very well-researched and thoughtful. And he said, it's for people like you I make films. I'm quite self-critical and wouldn't have said that that was my best composed, best written review ever. But the fact that it touched him, that it sort of emotionally resonated with him, affected him as an artist in a small way, that really made my day, if not my week, in that moment. And on a meta level, you know, it's just to learn to incorporate other people's perspectives into how you see yourself, and, and it helps to look at certain tasks differently or weigh the different parts of your day. Uh, you know, it's easy to get bogged down in all the admin work that is whatever job you have, you will always have these big chunks of tasks that are in the periphery, really, of what you do, and you often sacrifice your core for that. So in that negotiation, I find it brings it all back home. You know, where you can go like, oh, actually, it is about the impact that whatever you write and then put out in the world has on people that is important, not the invoicing part <laughs> around what you were just doing. Are you approaching um, that differently now? I think it has shifted a bit in this COVID situation, not particularly because COVID, because of the impact it has on my line of work. I mean, it is a strangely individualized and collective experience at the same time, apart from the fact that it is a terrible situation and I, I wish we weren't in it because people are dying, but we are in it and for me and us here in a relatively safe and sheltered situation within the bigger framework, I just look at it as, you know, resilience building. It really trains that muscle more and puts things more into focus. Yes, I mean, one thing I noticed about myself is that I, I very much use every day as a litmus test for seeing which of my ingrained strategies still work and which are perhaps just a mirage, you know, as we go about our seemingly normal business. It just brings it back more to that core that I was mentioning, to being conscious and being the captain of your own ship, you know, as much as we all are. I try to not look at these months right now as sort of an interim space, like a dark tunnel to get through to the other side, but just to be there and own it because this is my 2020 and this is our 2020. My kid will miss, you know, a graduation party, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll be damned if I don't give her some sort of fun photo shoot on our front porch and some sort of distant ice cream party and celebration and acknowledgement. Like that is yeah. in our power. So really it's about coming, it's coming into focus what we have control over mm -hmm. and, and the things we don't have control over as well, of course. I will say I, <laughs> I also noticed that I have less tolerance now 
for all those little annoyances that I realize now are chipping away at our well-being, our collective well-being, our health. I do not miss the horrible downtown Toronto subway commute. It's just unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) It has to change. Our transit situation has to change or my lifestyle then has to change. And then on the plus side, I'm normally not like a huge nature person. I mean, I theoretically am. As I said, aspirationally I am, but I don't live it. But right now I'm really looking at the trees and loving the trees and waking up to the the birds. The first few days I was like, this is wrong. Where My markers were gone, right? My markers are the neighbor's van comes on. It's before 7 o'clock, right? He's got this big truck and he goes to work and he doesn't go to work. So that doesn't come on. And there is literally no car traffic on my residential street but there's a woodpecker and the seagulls are still coming up. And now I'm enjoying that way more. So in a way, some of the, the periphery of things are falling, it's falling away and you're, you're coming back to some sort of discovery, rediscovery. And that's a pretty sweet spot, actually. That's beautiful. Yeah. Could I go back and ask you about the strategies? Do you have a way of assessing the keys to the how? you're asking about like how how does that happen what are the techniques and I'm not saying I found those keys but I I know they're there for me they seem to lie in some sort of mix of creativity and self-determination it always boils down to that so don't let yourself be externally driven and I mean driven not influenced we're all influenced by external factors starting with the fact that we all have to make a living You can let yourself be inspired by other people's structures and techniques, for example, that we're talking about right now, but you can't go against your own grain. For example, I am not and will never be the get up at five, make a smoothie and go for a half marathon kind of person. And I know that about about (laughs) myself, you know. I also have zero interest in Mary Condoring my life. Because I don't think it would make for a better life for me and the people around me. While it is great for others, it solves construction sites, as I like to call them, you have in your in your life. What is paying off big time right now is that each member in my immediate family is intrinsically motivated and driven and that we're creative thinkers and makers. So that kind of, I don't know what to do is not a sentence that really comes up in my house, which is not to say that we don't have not so great days or moments of of glorious boredom, probably too rarely, actually, you just learn to see a deer with it and then potentially let it go and move on. So every day, thank God, is a new chance, but you have to make it happen. Like it, it won't come to you. So there we are with that drive again and the less but better drive. As long as you work with what you know about yourself, you can take those small steps and tweak and adjust your habits. We all know our little, I like to call them avoidances. You know, they're not weaknesses, really. They're avoidances. Mine, strangely, has always been, full disclosure here, that I hate being on the phone with people. I prefer any other means of communication. Like yeah. one-on-one, face-to-face is my top choice. Oh, you know, sure. yeah. Small group, okay, but even email or WhatsApp is better than picking up the phone. But, but guess what? That is not really an option right now in a 100% home office. It's, 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 it's thing. I mean, it's, it's a the, new old right? school tool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You come to appreciate 
that it is a means of touching base, for example, with a friend and colleague like you, you know, and I said yes to this phone interview without thinking twice, and I'm enjoying it. So, you know, my sneakers are right. Often it's just a matter of just do it. And if all else fails, I've learned this through other personal crises, capitulate. You know, that can be, that's an undervalued technique. It can be joyful and comforting and liberating to it, it comes back to that sort of re- resetting that I mentioned before. If it gets really bad, one of my and I put on one of my favorite songs. It's called Capitulation by a Hamburg indie band, Tokotronic, and the lyrics are something like, "If you're so close to it, so close to falling, and you don't want to be the way you are right now, capitulation." You know, and then it goes on and it lists the birds in the trees. They capitulate. The foxes in their lair. They capitulate. We all just need to capitulate. But when I say that, of course, capitulating doesn't mean giving up. You know, it it means relaunching and trying again. You're amazing. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Heather. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yuta. This has been an episode of Wide Open Day. I'm Heather Kelly. Thank you for being here. You can find more podcast episodes and articles at wideopenday.com. Until next time, be well, and I hope you find ways to make the most of your day, whatever that means to you.